he said, Ryan, don't look at it where it is right now. Um, let's let's look and and mm. you know, would you, would you like to come and build build this with me? And that was an entirely new prospect to me because when I walked in as a freshman here, you know, it, uh, as, as a swimmer at Auburn, and you walk on the pool deck, you see banners hanging, you see a wall of Olympians. In many ways, you have a kind of a you shake. I don't say with fear, but you shake with anxiety. You say, how, how, how can I actually impact this place? Welcome to the Social Kick Podcast. I'm Brian Lundquist. It's an all Auburn show today. We've got uh, a full crew, Luke Paddington, Dr. John Mullen, and the head coach and my Auburn teammate, Ryan Wakamurko. What's up, Ryan? How much? War Eagle. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, War Eagle. First, can I start? I don't know how to call you Ryan. I don't know you as Ryan. Like, do people call you Waco? What's the deal? Um, I get a little bit of everything. Um, so it's, uh, you know, uh, student athletes here, it's mostly Ryan or coach. Um, and then everybody else that's associated uh, with this program from decades back, it's it's Waco. So I'll take anything, though. <laughs> uh, you, were, you were quite... Uh, famous within the Auburn program for coming up with your own nicknames. Do you, uh, do you still do that at all? <laughs> no, you know, it's, uh, it's reserved. Uh, actually, uh, uh, George Bavel Luke is probably the only one that still, that still calls me diesel. Uh, <laughs> age, but, uh, and, then, and then I've got a couple guys that, uh, they still call me geez. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the, all those things are better than, uh, sometimes what my wife calls me. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, you have to come up with nicknames for yourself with that last name. I'm sure you get quite a bit of butchering. Yeah, well, I, growing up, you figure it out real quick. I've been called everything from uh, 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 America and Wachumka one time, you know, so <laughs> there's no P in there, uh, but uh, that's okay. Well, uh, it's it's funny and, and surreal to see you in this position as the, the head coach. Um First of all, rocking my in, in your honor, my 2005 NCAA team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the senior class designed uh, NCAA shirt. Um, yeah, when uh, you know when I first joined the program, uh, you were you know among the the best freestylers in the U.S. And um, I don't know how much of you know your team or athletes you recruit know about your swimming credentials, but. You know, you were one of those guys who was, you know, the top tier of, of the U.S. freestylers and also among the top in the NCAA. I, remember, I believe that you were top seed um, in, uh, you know, at least in, in prelims in some NCAAs, a 50-hunter freestyle, and then, you know, multi-time NCAA finalists, relay stalwart. And um, one of those guys where uh, I remember my freshman year um, – like racing some guys in practice and, and chasing some, some guys who are maybe a year ahead of me and uh, saying that to, to Durden and to Marsh. And um, I remember, I remember David said, Hey, uh, don't have your eyes set on guys like that. You want to chase guys like Fred. You want to chase guys like Waco uh, who were leaps and bounds ahead of where I was. And so you were, for me, you were that example of, um, somewhere where I could set my sights for, for excellence, for, for how to train, how to, how to show up and race. And, um, so th that was just really influential on me. Um, and 
it's funny to see your your progression and and not like funny in a way because I didn't expect you to go the coaching route, but no surprise because I knew of who you were as a swimmer to see the way that you've applied those learnings and and soaking in you know all the wisdom from those who influence you to end up in this position back where you are today. So thanks for that. Sure. No, it's um kind words. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think. I was very fortunate and blessed to to come to this place and, and be a student athlete at Auburn at a time where um, you had you had people pursuing excellence all over the pool deck, um, and and it's and and it's one of the things we talk about a lot right now with with our group is, you know, uh, understanding and knowing that the the people around you can help to sh sharpen that learning curve. You know, for for me as a freshman. Um, you know, coming into this place, it was it was a guy that um, it was a senior on the team, Eric Van Gogh, um, who, who was probably not, you know, in, in terms of uh, pure talent level, um, not near one of one of the best talented or, or most talented guys that that's ever walked through the door here. But um, as as a senior brought me under his wing and, and you know, propped me up to say, hey, we you're going to be a part of these relays. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And. Um, you know, having him or having Greg Bussey, who was still around at the time, um, you know, bring you in and, 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 and really help to sharpen that learning curve, um, you know, was, was something that, that, you know, when you were here, it became cultural that, that you pass that along as, as you move to being a sophomore, junior, senior, you bring in more people, share that experience, you know, and, and pass the torch, so to speak, you know, for, for guys like you, Brian, for guys like Scott Goodrich. Um, you know, that there were a couple of years behind us and, and helped sharpen that learning curve and do the things that you were got you guys were able to do, um, you know, in, in, in the back end of that, uh, that fun stretch of championships. Mm -hmm. You know, you, since you mentioned learning, I, I wanted to ask you about this. I have the, uh, this is the media guide from uh, 2003, 2004. There's a, there's you and then there's me. Um, <laughs> you know, these are, this this is this guide is listed in class order. Um, you're two years you were two years ahead of me in school, but uh, looks like maybe you're a little behind in this one because you're listed amongst the uh, the the next class with uh, Van Wee and Chanteau. So um, was, uh, well, was school always took me a little bit longer. So I, uh, you know, I, did, I did five years. I got two degrees out of it, but I did do five years. So. Uh, the one well, thing I, looking at that picture, I haven't seen that picture in a long time, but uh, I learned how to cut my hair better. So that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to um, you've you've taken quite the the coaching journey and I want to come back to that. But first, we should recap the the season. Right. So you, you took over uh, a program that, you know, let's just say it as, as as alums, you know, has has been in a tough spot and is a very different Auburn program than uh, I, I would imagine what what the banners say that, that hang above your pool. Right. Sure. And um, so I'm, I'm curious just if you, you know, walk us through kind of the, the onboarding of you as head coach, the, the staff hiring, but then get into, um, you know, the season and, and what your thoughts are on, you know, how you guys finished up this year. So, I mean, I've been here just probably just under a year now, um, late April uh, or about this time last year, late April. And um you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind. It was, it was a whirlwind of a process just, um, you know, in getting here and, and, and getting a phone call from, from our athletic director, Alan Green, um, on a Monday and, um, you know, agreeing to come, you know, be the head coach by, 
mid morning on Wednesday. Um, and that was probably the longest 36 hours of my life. Um, just in, in, in having conversations with my wife about, uh, and, and my family about is, is, um, you know, are, are we ready to pursue this? Um, and, and, and that, and, and, and me as, as a competitor, um, you know, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to pursue it. Um, but, but we're in a place as a family, having spent six years at, at the university of Houston and, and built a program there from, uh, from, from the ground up in a way to, to be, um, successful at that level and at the top end of the, the, that level uh, where we were at Houston to, to having a full recognition of understanding, like we, if, we, if we take this thing on, um, that this is, that, that we're all in. Um, we're all in as a family. Uh, you know, I've got two kids, a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, and, and my wife is a, is, is, is a coach's wife. Um, you know, she was a student athlete. She understands the lifestyle. Um, but, but I said, you know, this is um, I'm not, I'm not 24 years old anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ne- going to be 40 next year and understanding that, um, I got to hustle like I'm 22 years old and, and we're going to have to hustle to move this. So, um, you know, and, th- and then fast forward that to building out, putting together staff, um, most importantly, sitting down, understanding the student athletes that are here and, and what we have on the ground. Um, you know, I think, in many ways, I was having this conversation, like I said, I was telling you just off air here before we got started, we spent the last two days, two and a half days in, in kind of a recap mode, pretty intensive staff meetings talking about, you know, this season, how things have gone, what, what do we need to do to move forward? What's, what do we need to do better um, as, as we look to the springtime, as we look to the summer, as we look to next year and, and years three, four, five, you know, and beyond. Um, but, but in many, in, in, Part of that conversation was having um, uh, Brian Karkosker, PK is, you know, is his famous name, um, and, and, and talking with him. And I'm extremely glad to have him back working with our, our program. The guy has more institutional knowledge here um, of Auburn University and, and of this program particularly um, than just about anybody, you know, here. Um, and, and so, um, you know, one of the things that, that he said, it really resonated, and I, and I agree wholeheartedly and completely is, you know, you guys, this, this was year zero for you. This is now year one and, mm-hmm. and understanding and knowing that when you walk into an environment and, and, and confidence, what you have before you understand the situation, right? Um, so you can walk in here with, with great, uh, you know, great ideas, great plans, great things, but until you're on the ground, until you know the people, until you really begin to get through October, November, December, um, to understanding that the personnel that you have, um, certainly from a swimming standpoint, but more importantly about who they are, what makes them tick. Um, and then melding a, a, an entirely new staff together um, and, and their families into it. Um, I feel like we're starting year one right now. Um, and, and that's, that's an exciting place because I think we've shown, we've shown improvement um, and, and, and trends and, and, the, and the, the coach of me, the competitor of me, as we look back at results from dual meets or, or more in particular from the SEC championships and then the NCAA championships, um, we were on the cusp of, you know, like every time it's like, man, we're right there and we could have done this better, done this better, done this better. Um, and, and, and those things are manifestations of things that we could have done better all year long. Right. So, um, it's, it's been a fun two and a half days to kind of recap the things that have gone well and, and, and what we can do better moving forward. So, so getting into the specifics with year zero in the books, what went well or better than expected? And what would you say went worse or not where you hoped it would be at this point? I, you know, good question. I, I think, um, 
it's it's for us as learning, you know, as 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 a coach and particularly as a head coach um, of a combined program. This is a large organization, right? When you pick up and move this this program team, you're you're talking about 70, 75, 80 people in terms of athlete, staff, everything else. So um, to me, it's it's relationship development um, has has been a significant portion of what we've tried to do this year. Um, you know, and really understanding the people that we have. Obviously, recruiting plays it plays a huge role in into that, and and that's the conversation I was having with our staff. Um, you know, in a midseason championship meet or, or midseason invitational, a SEC championship, and then and then the NCA meet was um, helping them to understand like. You know, we're we're behind the eight ball in in the relationship process because when you are coaching student athletes now, that that relationship building process has begun at the end of the sophomore year of high school, right? And so then you continue to develop that relationship through junior year as as they've made commitments into their senior year, um, and then it really begins in earnest as as they become freshmen. So um, we've had to develop you know seventy relationships instantaneously, uh, which is impossible. Um, you know, it's it's uh, one of my favorite coaching isms is, um, you know, trust is time spent, right? So mm-hmm. how do you spend time with every single one of your athletes, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you have everything else going on? Um, and so I, I think what we've seen this year has been significant relationship development um, and understanding from the pure X's and O's or, or technical aspects of swimming. I'll, I'll, since I just used a X's and O's football analogy, I'll use another football analogy for you. In terms of what we did this year with our kids um, on the technical aspect, I would say we kind of ran a uh, we ran a QB two offense, right? Um, so you know you, we we have a great offense and, and, and a great plan for for what's happening and, and where we want to go um, to to work on specific areas of, of needs or race or things like that. Um, and and really to me distilled it, simplified it to. What are the what are the two three four things that, that we need to do to get better? Like, and, and what I mean by QB two offense, right? You have a starting quarterback that's your junior senior year. He's, he knows the offense, been there three four years, knows it in and out. Can you know the playbook is is this thick? Um, you know that guy goes down in in uh, in game one of the first quarter, and you're sending in your uh, your red shirt freshman quarterback, um, and uh, and his knowledge is he's been watching, but the playbook for him is about maybe six seven plays got to run those six or seven plays extremely well um, and and that was kind of philosophically the the approach that we took this year is okay we're going to run four five six plays but we're going to learn that we're going to teach that we are going to get that to a to a such a science for these kids and understand how to execute on these things and then that allows us after year zero into year one we expand that out you know and, and we begin to you know really specify or again the specificity of you know, individual events of different refining and, and, and you have to have a relationship first and foremost um, before you really begin into getting to specify things of, um, you know, in all aspects. So you understand the athlete before you can really begin and understand the athlete, understand the person, begin to meld the, the science with the art of it. So it's a long answer, but no. <laughs> Rocco, it, uh, quite frankly, I, I, I wasn't surprised when I heard you got the job um, because you had, at the time, 14 years Division One coaching. You, I mean, accomplished swimmers, you, you trained. You had a heck of achievements at Houston, especially. Um, what you just told us, was that part of, why did you get hired? Was that, was what you just told us part of what 
you got hired more than just your accolades and your experience and 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 your mindset what was that conversation that you think turned the tide and helped them make decision on you sure um i think if um i'm extremely grateful for for my professional coaching uh journey that that, that i've had since since um you know being done as a swimmer and, and having spent time here and, and won, you know, three national championships as a swimmer and being part of, um, you know, just, just a phenomenal culture of excellence mm-hmm. uh, that, that existed here for 17 years with, with coach Marsh and, um, you know, and, 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 and existed before, you know, you know, with, um, with, with coach quick. And, and I mean, it's just, it's been a phenomenal culture of excellence here at Auburn university. And so to go from that, um, I, I spent about a year in uh, the professional world of swimming uh, in on, on the business side of it, working for Tier um, for for about a year, and and then had a chance, and that's where I got to know Arthur Albiero, Louisville. I was one of the I was his Tier rep, um, servicing their team. Um, he had an opportunity to to hop on as an assistant coach, and um, you know I remember going there and, and interviewing with Arthur. Um, and, and they were swimming a dual meet. I'll never forget this. They're swimming a dual meet with Wright State, uh, which I don't believe has a, a men's program anymore, uh, Wright State University. And um, uh, the thing went down to the last relay to, to the University of Louisville against Wright State, if you believe that now. So um, went down to the last relay. Um, and, um, you know, after that, we, he and I went to go have dinner. And he, I had known Arthur while he was associate head coach at University of Alabama, had recruited me there uh, to swim for him. Uh, went a different direction, uh, the better direction, uh, <laughs> the state of Alabama. But, but, uh, but, but I got to have dinner with him, and he said, "Ryan, don't look at it where it is right now. Um, let's let's look and and you know, would you, would you like to come and build build this with me?" And that was an entirely new prospect to me because when I walked in as a freshman here, you know, it, as, as a swimmer at Auburn, and you walk on the pool deck, you see banners hanging, you see a wall of Olympians. In many ways, you have a kind of a you shake. I don't say with fear, but you shake with anxiety. You say, "How how how can I actually impact this place?" Because look at everything that's been done here. Uh, so to go somewhere to build something, and and every year we did something. I spent eight years there with Arthur, and just w- was a phenomenal experience for me because every year we did something that had never been done there before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was that was fun. That was incredibly exciting, and 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 you build it brick by brick, person by person, and you build it with, with people, you build it with relationships, the, the performance follows uh, in that. Um, and so having an opportunity to go to a place like the University of Houston, who again, at the time uh, was, uh, had finished, I think dead last in the league in the American at that point for two years running um, and getting there. But the, the parallels that I saw structurally at Houston of what they had was very similar to where Louisville was 10, 15 years before. Um, they had phenomenal facilities. They had an athletic director um, and an and a, uh, administration president of the university that was committed to uh, raising the profile of the university, uh, using athletics as a vehicle for that, um, and, and was willing to invest heavily in uh, Olympic sports. Um, and so, you know, to me, it was a perfect opportunity to utilize the knowledge that I had gained uh, for eight years at, at University of Louisville and, and, um, and take a risk, um, you know, and, and, uh, and that was easier to do it at, you know, 29 years old. 
um, you know, 30 years old when uh, when you don't know any better. <laughs> so and, and why not go take a risk for it? Um, but that, that's why the opportunity here at the time and and, 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 and Brian, you alluded to it. Yeah, the, the, the recent performance of the, the, the program at Auburn over the last um, three to four years is, is maybe not in the same realm of, of national relevance at the NCA level um, or at the international level um, that it had been in, in decades previous. Right. Um, and, and so to come to a place that um, was ripe for building um, was exciting because I felt that's in my wheelhouse, um, you know, to, to, to invest in, in people, um, to, to help them understand a vision of where it is that we can go, have conversations about that with, with the kids that were here currently on the ground, to, to go out and speak to um, people that, that we're, we're aligning with, that, that we want to bring to come be a part of this. I don't want to say sell, but share a vision of where we can and, and be and be going, and then get them excited about the opportunity. And and I think the you know to answer the question, Luke, um, I, I hope that was exciting. I think that was exciting to 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 our administration, to our alumni, to the people here that felt like um, you know there there is we know there's opportunity here to be great, you know, and and. You know, anything in the world of swimming that has ever been done in this sport um, has happened and been born out of Auburn, Alabama at some point through the history mm -hmm. of this sport. There's nothing in the sport of swimming that has not been done here. Not at least that, there may be some weird, obscure fact that I'm missing, but um, world records, gold medals, NCAA champions. I mean, you name it. I mean, every single international competition you know we, we we have an alumni that is now um you know in, in Kirsty coventry a full member of the ioc that, that is is the number one person in charge i believe in organizational committee for for the 2024 games in in, in paris or in brisbane i think or whatever <laughs> so not fair what would the next one but the, the those things that anything within our sport has been born out of here which means it allows us gives us the opportunity to see that we can do those things again. Um, and and that's, that was the exciting part is, is sharing the vision of, um, you know, we're not trying to replicate anything that's been done here in the past. Um, and, 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 and to do it that way, there's, we're gonna have to functionally do things a little bit in different ways. There's different time, different eras, different things, but um, it can be done here and it can be done here again. And we have the ability to do it. Can you? <laughs> I got to laugh earlier because I was just imagining the conversation where you're trying to sell Arthur the tier tripwire technology and he's like, come coach for me. <laughs> um, hey, they so, were excited uh, to sell him anything. I was, uh, you know, he was actually trying to sell me on how many more free suits he could get. That was <laughs> um, hey, so, <clears throat> you know, I think, I don't know if you went through this at, at Houston at all, um, but I'm curious. Uh, a lot of times when there's a takeover of a program and you're trying to kind of reset the trajectory of where, where it's headed. Um, that means that, you know, you may not have an open door to talk to recruits at every level. You know, there may be, um, you, you may have to coach them up. Right. And there, and there may be more people like I was where I was basically on a, on a book scholarship you know, and then then got coached up to be you know at the at the standard of excellence that that was Auburn, um, and 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 I hope will be too. I'm just curious, like, what your thoughts are on the recruiting landscape. How do you manage that conversation? 
Um, how does it impact the the people that you that you go after? Um, uh, like, what what is the nature of those conversations as you kind of frame up this where we're headed, yet are coming in behind, like you said? Um, you know, I think one of the things that you have to do, and and I think you know, one of the things I, I've, I've been very lucky and again, in my, in my professional coaching career to have been around some of the very best in the, in the world um, and, and what we do. Um, but, but, you know, a lot of the same characteristics that make great coaches are very successful people within our world of swimming are the same characteristics that, that you see in, in highly successful people, regardless of the profession that they're in. Um, and, and one of that, you know, I mean, one of the things that, that I, that, that was, you know, that, that coach Marsh was just incredible at was finding opportunity where, where others don't see it. Um, you know, and, and Arthur Albiero, another phenomenal guy that, that finds opportunity where others, where others don't see it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at, at a place like Louisville to talk that, you know, and he's taken that program from nothing to, and, and nothing is not the right word. It, it, it existed, but, but in terms of, you know, national relevance, um, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, I think David was, was always a master of finding opportunity, um, where, where others cannot see that yet. Um, and, and so that was, that was, that helped carry me actually to, to Houston. I was like, there's great opportunity here. And I don't think anybody really sees the opportunity that is here. Um, and then, and then you share that with, um, like you said, with recruits, you find opportunities. The thing we did really well at, at Houston was finding underserved um, air pockets of the country uh, to recruit from, um, you know, areas where, you know, co collegiate swimming was not very well represented. Um, so, so we had access. We also had a really awesome uh, situation for um, uh, academic uh, based financial aid, which, which really helped me stretch dollars like you wouldn't believe because we found, you know, swimmers are smart kids. Um, so that helps, um, you know, but we found, and then, and then what we did really well at Houston, at least particularly the women is, um, took, took risks in, in some ways on finding those kids that were really, really good at 12, 13, 14 years old, um, and, and, and hadn't really progressed much more past that. Um, and, and hmm. really sharing them on a vision of, um, yeah, you're good. You've been good for a while. You're going to get a lot better. Um, you know, so, so how do we translate that to, to what we're doing at, here at Auburn is again, finding, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a bifurcated approach. I mean, you have to find kids that can come and play immediately. And, and in this league in the SEC now at the NCAA level, and, and it's in some ways, Brian, it's, it's very, very different. And that was my takeaway from, from the SEC championships. Um, that was my takeaway from the NCAA championships. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a couple superstars that are, um, you know, high two or high three event scores, a finalist. There, there may be a handful, um, but even at the SEC at the SEC level, it's you know, let's find one event that you can, you know, shine in, coach you up on a second event, so you can move in it. And you know, I think that's similar to what you did, Brian. You found you're very good at a 50 or 100 freestyle. By the time your senior year, I think you finaled in the in the 100 backstroke at, at NCAs. Um, you know, so. That's actually yeah. decent memory there. So, uh, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's finding it's finding opportunity where others cannot see it, and, and that that's what we share from from a recruiting standpoint. And, and the thing the thing that's different here at Auburn is uh, there is a little bit different level of access um, that I've found recruiting already. And and you know, it, and and yes, we've had to 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 
I want to say explain away, um, you know, uh, maybe a decreased level of uh, relevancy over the last couple of years. It's not what we're doing. It's, it's really sharing our story, sharing the history of this program, sharing the story um, and, and talking about where it is that we're going. And, and, and more importantly, not only where it is we're going, how do we help, you know, how do we add value to you? How do you add value to this place? But how can we help you get uh, hearing from them where they want to go? Um, you know, and, 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 you know, every kid that puts on a swimsuit at eight years old wants to be an Olympic gold medalist. Um, you know, that's part of the recruiting process is, is that, is that where you want to go? Can you do that? Do you have the ability? How can we help you get to that? Um, you know, and, and, and the, and the success that we'll have at the NCAA championships, the success we'll have at, at, um, at other meets, um, you know, becomes a byproduct of, of helping you chase the dreams that you have. And, and you have a unique opportunity to do that in an environment where you can be something much, part of something much greater than yourself. I'm going to ask a blunt question yep. eventually. Um, so, but don't take it personally at all. <laughs> when, when you go to the Facebook campus in Silicon Valley, you drive in, there's a Facebook sign on the outside. Okay, you go in a beautiful campus. They're making tons of money doing great stuff. When you leave the Facebook campus, on the back of that Facebook sign is Sun Microsystems. And they left that there to remind you, never be complacent. Yeah. Never ride horses. Always keep working. Always keep charging. Always realize you got to work. Auburn is a Ferrari of swimming in 2000s. The Ferrari. Brand yep. name, speed, well-oiled machine. Um, the best swimmers, the best coaches look at a swimmer's crossover kick and don't address the crossover kick as a symptom. They address the cause of the crossover kick and they find out what the causes were. What was the, what happened to the Ferrari over the last 10 years? Was It wasn't a slow engine leak. It wasn't running out of gas. It wasn't needing new drivers. It was a combination of things. Without pointing fingers, what did you identify were, the, were some of the key things you need to focus on to address was it not being complacent was it longer plan that's why i asked you why did they hire you compared to anybody else in the past what is it that you you figured out look this thing happened we need to fix this this and this without pointing names mm -hmm. or anything obviously yeah. it, it's uh, uh i appreciate the bluntness and, it, and it's a complicated answer because again mm -hmm. i've been here 11 months um you know that the last time i was here before coming back 11 months ago was in uh in 2015, I believe, um, you know, so, um, you know, I, I think we've seen fundamental shift and change of the collegiate athletics landscape uh, mm. over the last, you know, since my experience as a student athlete. So, uh, you know, about 18, almost 20 years removed from that. Um, and, 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 and even in the last 12 months, we've seen probably more fundamental change of what the collegiate athletics model is, mm. um, you know, and, and I'll tell you, what, what's coming up here in the next six weeks to eight weeks. Um, and then throughout the summer as uh, the NCA's transformational committee, uh, whatever that means. Um, but, uh, but, but you're gonna see more significant fundamental change on what collegiate athletics model is moving mm -hmm. forward. So I think we've seen just radical fundamental change in the last 12 months that was precipitated in the, in the 10 years previous to that um, of, of slow incremental rule changes of, of different things. Um, and, and I think by August, we're going to have a significantly different model, um, mm -hmm. honestly, and what collegiate athletics looks like moving forward. And, and the people that are going to be nimble and an ability to pivot 
um, within that are going to be the ones that are successful within all sports, within that model, but then within our sport in particular. Um, I don't want to say that there wasn't a, a nimbleness or an adept to change. Um, I think, you know, in some ways I look at it, you know, small things of uh, death by a million cuts in some areas where mm. we saw a, a dramatic increase in the cost uh, to attend, the, the, the cost access of higher education as an That's industry, yeah. um, you know, has, has played yeah. significant. You know, I, for example, when I attended Auburn University here as, as an out-of-state student, I believed I paid um, about $5,500 a semester in tuition. Uh, as an out-of-state student, um, and now you know the the tuition uh, number for an out-of-state student is closer to sixteen, seventeen thousand um, uh, dollars, about sixteen thousand dollars a semester, um, and so so there's a significant level of cost barrier uh, associated with that. Um, one thing that, that we're addressing on a on a university scale, not just with, with athletics, but a university scale is access to more opportunities for financial aid for kids that are coming in here obviously as an equivalency sport that's that's huge you have universities within our league that have much broader opportunities on lottery systems on um you know of, of uh, statewide um um you know, opportunities for more aid for these kids and make it a lot more accessible for them to like you, like you, Brian, you came from Georgia, you could have gone to Georgia for free on a hope scholarship. If you were a good student, mm -hmm. I don't know how good a student you were. So maybe you didn't qualify for it. But you're over here behind in the media guide. <laughs> <laughs> and paid out of state tuition. So I think those are some things yeah, um, that, that significantly played into it. Yeah. And, and as you're recruiting Olympic caliber level kids, um, and, and internationally as well, too, there, there's a need for yeah. them um, to. So I think that that plays a part in it. Um, but and, and also, I think that the, the, our sport in general, I mean, you look at it now and everybody's like, oh, my God, the depth, the parity level. It's 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 incredible. It's fast. It, to, to me, honestly, it's pretty linear. If you look at results over the last you know, 20 years, it's it's mm -hmm. not it's not an exponential increase in, in speed. It's a, it's a linear equation. Um, but, but I think we have the exposure of our sport through, um, you know, for, from every Olympic cycle from 2000, you know, really with, uh, I mean, in, in many ways, the, the Michael Phelps effect is, is grown. We have better athletes in our sport now. Um, and that's why that has increased in, in, in the depth, um, and access to it. So, um, it's, it's in many ways you see things like, wow, it's just magical. You run off a string of seven, eight, nine, you know, uh, national championships, um, winning one is incredibly hard to do, sustaining yeah. that level of success, you know, mm -hmm. over time. And I don't think that's unique to Auburn or Auburn swimming. I, I you know, I mean, look at it, what, why isn't UCLA basketball winning every single national championship, you know, from, from when John Wooden said, well, John Wooden probably had like 45 scholarships, uh, you know, at the yeah. time. And then they institute different rules and, and things change. Yeah. So uh, the, the path forward is understanding the models that are coming up being nimble and adept to change within our industry, first and foremost, um, you know, and then also being nimble and understanding uh, the change that is specific to, to swimming. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's a base level before you begin to really build into, you know, how do you get back to being a top 10, top five national championship type program. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And you've been a part for um, with those great changes, like you said, at Louisville and, and down in Houston. Now, one thing you mentioned is just with recruits signing so much earlier than when any of us swam is that it does take time 
to implement and and make this change because you may not even be getting the recruits you'd be going after for a couple cycles. Now you look at other sports where they're cutting head coaches after a year or two. Obviously, that seems pretty insane because they really aren't able to make any change or even bring in the athletes that they would hope for. How long do you think is a necessary or ample leash to allow change to occur and what things should, you know, administrators be looking at to see if the change is occurring and going in the right direction. Leash, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you might need that bear right now. <laughs> there you go. I understand, I understand the context of the question because it, it, um, in at least the verbiage of it, just because I know, um, you know, we, we had a quick succession of coachings, you know, you know, here within this program. So um, the, I, I think that and th those were conversations that I had administratively, both with my athletic director, my sports supervisor, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then extendedly with my wife, believe it or not, um, <laughs> about um, time frame specifically from a recruiting standpoint, because sure. um, I would think when you look at uh, major programs within our sport. And, and I count, you know, Auburn University is a blue blood in the sport of swimming and diving. Um, you know, it, it um, we, we were probably the first coaching staff that in, in a major program to go through a change under what I would call these new recruiting rules, where you're now looking at recruiting sophomores in high school um, and, and coming out of the COVID era from uh, a weird recruiting cycle as well, too. So, um, you know, it's, it's not where, uh, you know, my experience at Houston, my first year I get there in April, I recruit my butt off. Um, we have a good first year with kids that were on the ground. Uh, but that first freshman class I had come in outscored every, you know, uh, we, it was our, our freshman class scored more points than the sophomore, junior, seniors combined. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so, it, and that, that was because they're great kids are good athletes, um, and it wasn't a knock on the kids that were there before. It was just we, we recruited a different level. Now, now you're looking at recruiting a kid that's not going to impact your program for three years. Uh, they're not going to score a single point for you at NCAs. If, if they make the NCAA championships and score as a freshman from when they make a commitment to you a junior year, then a senior year or, or about two and a half years, I guess, almost three years. But, but um, it's, it's a 27-month it's a <laughs> things. So, um, yeah, so there's, there's change. I, the, the thing that's different, that's, that's added a different component on that certainly is, um, transfer portal international recruiting tends to be a little bit later still, um, on international kids. Um, and then, and then obviously the transfer portal, which has been again, part of the fundamental change that we've seen in the collegiate athletics model. Um, and, and people are beginning to understand, and, and I know some of our swimming media outlets still, uh, look at, um, transfer, the, the transfer process as uh, all alarm bells ringing, um, you know, and, and it's just not the case. I think our sport is maybe a little bit farther behind than uh, acceptance than, than some of the other mainstream, you know, football, basketball, baseball type sports in, in our industry of understanding that uh, when they created the transfer portal process, uh, they, they in essence created, um, you know, a free agency model mm -hmm. uh, with, within our sport. And, and I think our sport is just beginning to catch up. Um, and, and, you know, there's coaches out there that have a very unique and creative way of um, utilizing that free agency model. 
um, you know, because because our our rules are vague and and uh, rules are tampering process is hard to to, <laughs> to prove as well too. Uh, but but I think that utilizing and understanding the, the transfer process, those conversations I had at an administrative level too, is like mm-hmm. we, because we are when you look at a recruiting cycle of bringing true freshmen in. And, and especially domestic true freshmen and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a process that's a that, that's a four five six seven year process before they're actually really impacting our program right um, and so we're we're gonna have to uh, utilize transfer portal we're gonna have to recruit significantly internationally which is which is something that we've always done here at this program um, but but those are ways that you help to um, create an exponential increase from a recruiting standpoint um, in, in terms of talent level right away. Good answer, dude. Yeah. Oh, I, I learned a lot. Can you talk a bit about um, some of the coaching influences? I mean, you've obviously had, well, some of the, some top coaches who are still top coaches as, as your coaches as a collegiate swimmer, but also like you mentioned how much you've learned from, from Arthur and then, you know, you, you jumped out of the nest and took took your own head job at, at Houston and built that program up. But I, I can just imagine that, um, especially now, as you take the seat at what you might call like a, a major program, Louisville's obviously become that. <clears throat> um, what what do you take from uh, you know those those coaches and perhaps others who have become mentors uh, for you? I, I may, maybe not just like you know, it's like everybody borrowed the the Urbanchik um you know color system and things and his his influences as far as the eye can see but i'm sure there are certain tidbits and things that are foundational for the way that you coach that you've taken from those that have influenced you like what are what are some of the highlights yeah i I think again i've been blessed and and pretty lucky to um have just be in the proximity of of some of the some of the icons of our sport right um, you know, and, and so to, to, to have the opportunity to come and, and, and swim, you know, for David Marsh at, at Auburn, um, you know, a, 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 a now uh, Hall of Fame coach and multiple Hall of Fames, but uh, re- most recently in the International Swimming uh, Hall of Fame. Um, and, then, and then more specifically, I think my day to day kind of on the ground in the trenches coach during my time here was, was Dave Durden. Um, you know, and, 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 and now he's gone on to be, you know, a future Hall of Fame coach and, um, and, and done great things at, at, at Cal Berkeley and, um, and then be there at a time of helping develop that, that program at, at, at Louisville that is now, like you say, with, you know, perennial top 10 uh, uh, programs on, on, on both sides. Um, been very blessed and been lucky to have been around them, but I think um, and, and, and I consider myself part of, of their coaching tree. So taking some knowledge and, and learning from them. And I know they've had incredible coaching trees. So it's, it's you know, to, to, some of the things that, that I've taken from David are, are inherited from, you know, Richard Quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of those things that, that, that come from Dave Durden are, you know, kind of down the line and through that. I think, um, you know, the, the time that I spent with Arthur of, of learning, and he's very much from the from from the Kenyon College, Jim Steen coaching tree there, um, you know, is has been so I don't I don't do the the Urbanchek color charts. I'm, I'm a Jim Steen, uh, stu, you know, and, and, and but by two degrees of separation, really, I mean, a lot of the things that, that have come, you know, to me, and, and I've, I've probably only had three, four conversations with Urbanchek. 
Uh, but but I think the thing is, just like any coach, you take the things that, that you have seen excel and, and work well um, and, and, and utilize those and, and, and utilize the strengths that you have and, and, and play to those strengths. Um, but but the thing, the foundational thing that has um, that, that a lot of those people that have heavily influenced me, uh, both in my swimming career and in my coaching career, um, they, they all have um a lot of parallels and, and to me the one parallel and that was always always having a, a great understanding um that that we're building people first and foremost uh, or helping to build people um and and that um you know yes we're, we're pursuing high level athletics but um we are providing young people 18 to 22 years old um, an opportunity to pursue excellence at, at a, a transformational time of their life um, and, and helping to maximize that ability, maximize their experience um, so they can get the best out of the totality of their experience and feel great walking away from this, um, knowing that, um, that you've helped to, to impact that person. Um, so whether they go on to do you know, professional from a coaching standpoint, which very, very small of them do, but um, you know, they're, they're able to carry the things that they've learned through this journey and to be successful men and women and, and whatever it is that they do when they're done with the swimming. Mm. All right. Florida's apparently a sprint program now. And, you know, the, the school up the road is uh, apparently uh, quite strong in the in-state rivalry. So what's going to take? What's it going to take to, to get on the right side of those? To get on the right side. You got, you got to expand on, on what that means. No, I, I, I keep going. Um, it means beat, beat Bama and be the preeminent sprint program in the SEC. Um, I don't want to be the preeminent sprint program. I don't want to be anything. I want to be the best version of Auburn University. That no. be. Um, and, and, and what I want to do is I, I want to continue to get better um, with, with the, the, the kids that we have here. I want to continue to get better with people that we are going to bring to this program and allow them the opportunity to know and understand that this is a place they can they can excel and, and, and I want to go to work and get a little bit better with them every single day um, and and you know and, and and take a granular approach in that way. This is a day by day process. Um, I think I think the the best part this is this, I loved being a part of Louisville taking over. You know I think I, Arthur was in his third year when I got there, so still new program. Going to Houston, being part of something new, coming here. You know, I, I during my time at Houston, Kelvin Sampson was helping to build the basketball program back from. Uh, you know, they were great in the '70s and '80s, and had uh, were dormant until early 2000s, till Kelvin Sampson comes back. Listening to him have conversations with his kids, and and he was an extremely accessible guy. Got to meet him and, and spend time with him. One of the things that he told me is the most exciting thing about taking over a new program is that every single day is part of the journey. And, and right now, every single day and what we're doing is part of the journey to continue to get better. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're not looking to be this program, that program, to be this type of program. I think when you look at the, the NCA model, right, um, you know, to, if, if you're looking to just be, you know, top 10 in the NCA or top five or talk about being in the team race, um, you know, on a formulaic standpoint, it's, it's not that hard to really understand. Um, certainly difficult to execute, right? Uh, but, but not hard to understand that you have to be players and relays. You got to get relays in, in the top eight. You got to have individual scores, um, you know, in, in, in a finals. And so you build to that first. Um, but, um, 
you know, but, and then you build out from there. And, and I think that, that, that's not a new model. That's been the model here since 1993, you know, when, when David or 1991, when David comes back and talk about, we're going to, you know, put together relays core together of this. So I think you start with understanding where it is you're, you're trying to go and then you build out from there. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and that allows you to look, I don't want to be a, just a top 10 NCAA program. I don't want to be a top five NCAA program. We want to be uh, a program that, that, uh, that, that, that has people that, that are playing at the Olympic games that, that are looking to, 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 to have medals, to, to have world records, to uh, play on a, on a high level on the, on the international stage as well, too. So um, it's not an either or proposition. It gets a little bit more difficult. Um, I'd like to say it's more difficult now than it used to be. It's not. Um, there, there's more complicated because we're working in a much more complicated collegiate athletics environment um, than, than I think is, is what used to exist. Um, but, but, it's, uh, but people are doing it. Um, so I, I, it starts with a vision of this is where we're wanting to go and, and finding people that are excited about that and, and, and building it out from there. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think Look, the, the fun thing about where our sport is, and, and maybe you look at the top two, three, you know, top two programs on the men's side have been, you know, the top two programs for a long time now. Um, but again, you see, you see programs that have been able to crack into that upper echelon of, of our sport. And, and that's exciting. That means there's opportunity to do that. It just doesn't mean because this has happened the last three, four years that we don't have the ability to, to significantly sharpen the trajectory uh, to, to be back there and doing that. So, um, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the, that's the most fun part about being at a place like Auburn. Uh, because if you look at the men's side of our sport, or if you look at the women's side of our sport, or particularly the men, I think where over the, since, now, I want to say 1995, um, I think there have been five programs that have won a national championship. Uh, so over uh, the last 27 years, maybe six, um, you know, you got Auburn, Texas, Cal, Arizona has one in there. And I think uh, Michigan 95 is one. And then they had another one in, uh, in early 2000. So five to six programs, um, you know, it, Auburn being one of them, having a few in that stretch, right? Um, so, so after in, in about 27 years, you've had about five, maybe six programs that have actually won a national championship. Um, I certainly want to be in a place that has done that. When you look in the landscape structurally of collegiate swimming, um, I feel like there's maybe another five or six that really have the ability to do it. And what, what I mean by that is um, they have the structural ability, desire administratively, um, desire of investment level um, from, from their athletic department and from the university. That level, um, you know, and, and that's the exciting part about being a place like this. We have all the fundamental things that we need to do that here. Um, and and, and it's again, like we said before, anything that's been done in the sport has been born out of Auburn, Alabama before. And, and so we, we can certainly be able to do those things again here. I want to talk about that. I gave you a hard time. This is not a question, it's a comment. You might be too close to realize this, but Auburn and swimming, it, it, it's the last 10 years, it's been, been going back and forth between Texas and Cal. Where did those two coaches start? Where did Eddie Reese and Dave Durden start? Do you know what happened at Stanford? Well, Richard Crick came from. Do you know what happened to the U.S. Olympic team in 2016? Dave Marsh come from? This is Auburn. I knew Auburn as a swimming program in the 80s because of Rowdy. Yeah. I, I, when I was growing up, I didn't know. I, I knew about Auburn because of swimming, not because of something you throw 
in your hand or you've hooped. This is urban swimming. People need to realize that who are listening to this. It's 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 the Ferrari of car racing. I'm serious. So um, all the bluntness, but people have to realize it's something magical that has started with Eddie in the 70s, it's not before, and I don't know the history. But yeah, fantastic. And you guys go back. To, you go back. Brett swam, coach, coach. You swam, coach. David swam, coach. It happens, and that's magical. And it's a small little town. I've been there. Yes, it's town, middle of nowhere. And yes. you, something about it that's like something magic, like Kevin Costner. You build it, they come. I don't know. <laughs> no, and, 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 well, I appreciate it because because there is something special that we have here, and, and it's it's the people that have been here. Um, it is the town. It's the university. Um, and, and that's the thing that is that is special and most magical about this place is um, anybody that comes here. Um, and that's the fun part about recruiting um, is, is anybody that comes and spends a couple of days in Auburn, Alabama, um, you just don't want to leave. And, and it's this this is this is a place where um, the, the, the people are happy. Um, life is good. Um, and, and you have and, and what's exciting about that is you have also have an opportunity to really pursue excellence. Uh, but 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 Auburn is ingrained within our sport, um, and, and that's such a um, fantastic benefit uh, for us. And, and explaining that, telling our story um, to to really, I mean, the way we get better, right, is recruiting, um, and 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 certainly you know coaching those kids and, and helping them achieve the things. But uh, but 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 telling our story and understanding. And I had that conversation with somebody. I can't remember who it was, but I was talking with John earlier, you know, Purdue guy. I'm from Indiana. I grew up uh, 30 miles from Bloomington, Indiana, in, in a town called Columbus, Indiana, um, at a time, you know, and, and I was a pretty good swimmer out of high school in there, um, you know, and, and um, I didn't get recruited heavily at, at Indiana University, um, which, which was a little uh, disappointing for me because to me growing up in Indiana, Indiana was swimming, the great doc councilman. Um, you know, and, and, and winning multiple national championships there, uh, coaching Mark Spitz to seven gold medals. Um, Indiana was swimming to me um, and, and I wasn't recruited heavily there. Um, and, and so that was that always, you know, disappointed me a little bit. Um, but but help explaining to somebody that, you know, when 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 it I was being recruited about 98, 99. Um, and it, so it had been about 15 years since Indiana swimming had, had been nationally relevant from a national championship standpoint. Um, and, that, and that's about similar close to the timeline that, that we're at at Auburn right now. I think 2009 was our last national championship. Uh, so we're about 13 years out. So it's incumbent on us to really tell that story. And like, like you know, Luke, you're a historian of the sport. So mm-hmm. understand that the things are born out here. It's an incredible opportunity that we have to use that to stand on the shoulders of greatness and the giants mm-hmm. that have come before us. Mm-hmm. Um, shout that out and, um, you know, and, and continue to, uh, to, to utilize that and, and use that as a positive thing going forward. All right. We got a few rapid fire questions for you before we let you go. What's the hardest race in swimming? Ooh, um, I'd say uh, tuner backstroke yards. Yards backstroke. It's a leg burner. Olympic gold or world record? Gold. Olympic gold. What's your least favorite thing about being a coach? Oh, um, 4.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, your single favorite race that you ever swam? Favorite race that I like the the kind of race or my particular favorite race. Your, your particular race from your swimming career. Um, 
I would say the uh, 200 freestyle relay at the NCAA championships in 2004. Um, mm, you know, we, we went 123, so short course meters. Last time we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Last time we did short course meters. There they are. Horsemen. <laughs> and uh, we went 123.7. It was a world best at the time. They didn't give us a world record because we had George uh, from yeah. Trinidad and, and Fred from France um, and a guy from uh, middle of nowhere, Alaska. Um, you know, and, and uh, we had four guys that uh, I think George led off in 21.3, 21.4 short course meters. Um, I think I was 21.0. Uh, Derek was 20.7 inside there. And I think, uh, Fred anchored in 20.5, 20 20.6, um, you know, on a, on a, on an easy, on a, on a very <laughs> liberal conversion, I'd say that's about 114.9. Um, but, uh, but probably closer to 115.0, 115.1. Um, yeah. but, um, that, that was, that was my favorite. And it's short course meters. I, I wish we raced short course meters sometimes more. And like, I wish we went back to that in the Olympic cycle every four years, yeah. if not every other year, um, because yeah. I, short course meters has become so much more relevant with ISL and everything. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's not Olympic level swimming, but imagine going back to setting world records at the NCAA championships, how meaningful that is uh, right. to, to our sport. Um, and I know it's, it's hard within the NCAA. I, I don't know why it's hard in the NCAA. I wish, I wish we would go back to it every, you know, Majority, 90% of the kids that qualify for the NCAA championships are out of power five schools. I don't know many power five schools that don't have access to a 25 meter facility. Um, so it, we, we need to do more of that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Quick, quick aside on that is Derek Gibb, the guy from middle of nowhere, Alaska. I, until this past NCAAs, I don't know that anybody's ever matched this in the same meet in the medley and the two free relay. He was, I believe, uh, 0.03 and 0 0.00 on his takeoffs. Like, it, you know, and he was one of those guys who was just like, no, I, I knew it. I knew that I nailed it. And then uh, this past uh, or the other week at, at NC, uh, the Florida um, uh, relays, Eric Freeze was double zero and minus 0.03. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Derek, he was locked in, man. That was crazy. We didn't have these fancy uh, Omega pads that you can go negative on when I was swimming. So <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right. What was the, what was the worst circuit station ever? Oh, Yubi. Handbike. The Yubi sure. handbike. That was, that was for sure. All right. Matt Ryan to the Colts. How many games do the Colts win this year? Six. I like it. Yeah, I'm a Falcons fan. We didn't need Matt Ryan anymore. Okay. Uh, how, do you ever need to remind Vlad that it's War Eagle, not Roll Tide? No, he picked it up quick. His kids picked it up much quicker. But uh, no, he's uh, uh, he, he's an all-in Auburn guy. I, you know, I know he's told the story before too. But um, he he desperately wanted to come to Auburn, um, and uh, we we uh, we we had quite a pretty good des uh, breaststroke contingent at the time with. Uh, Justin Karen, Pat Calhoun, Mark Gangloff. Um, so it just, I, I don't think at the time it was, um, uh, it, it was in the cards for him to come. And so, you know, he tells me the story. I went to Alabama just to, uh, to let you guys know my displeasure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's an all in Auburn guy now. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, when you moved back, how long was it before you had a Guthrie's bucket of chicken? By mistake, because I was supposed to get something for dinner the other day, uh, about three weeks ago. Um, and I walk, this is a great true story. I walk into Guthrie's that's attached to the Shell gas station. 
um, you know, we, we had just got back from a dual meet and I was in trouble because I was supposed to bring dinner. And uh, I found uh, three of our student athletes in there. I was like, <laughs> but it was one of those where it's just we, we, we looked at each other, acknowledged that we were both making a mistake, and then we moved on. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember watching you do a 50 underwater with a monofin, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody go this fast. I think you went 16 seconds in a 50 long course. Do you remember this? Uh, no, but I believe it. <laughs> well, at least there's one other person because uh, Margaret Holzer wrote us too and said that she remembered doing something. Uh, that somebody went that, and I, I remember you doing it. Um, must have been during swim camp because that's when we got to just play around and, and do nothing and uh, pretend like we were working. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I, I got one more for you. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm going to share it with you because you're related to it. So, my first, uh, the first. I don't know the first road trip sometime my freshman year, we were on a road trip eating with the team. We, the, we go into Boston market. Ralph Crocker was there, uh, distance coach at the time. Um, he, you know, he was paying for everything like one through, uh, at a time. Um, so I remember getting my plate of food and then Marsh, like in an instant was right behind me and he puts his hand over my plate of food and he says, where's your vegetable? And I said, I didn't know anything about food at the time. I was a freshman. I like barely bought my own groceries ever. And he said, I, I said, uh, potatoes. I thought potatoes were a vegetable. He said, no, no, no. What you have here is a plate of starch. <laughs> I said, Hey, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go get a vegetable. He goes, no, 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 no. I just want you to know that you and Waco are the only ones <laughs> who don't have a vegetable. Yep. You know, it, it, uh, it, we're all still learning. <laughs> the good thing now is, um, you know, we, uh, well, number one, you can't, you can't say those things anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, and, um, and then number two, uh, we, uh, Thank God, thank goodness we have full-time nutritionists here and staff that helps to uh, one help educate the kids and two, you know, put it in their hand as well to make sure they're making good choices. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it's uh it's fun as an alum, uh, you know, not only as an alum, but as your teammate to to see you uh there. I'm I'm happy for you, I'm I'm rooting for you, I'm proud of you, and um, you know, thanks for, thanks for sharing with us about what you're doing. I think there's a lot of folks in the swimming community that are, that are nostalgic about, you know, uh, uh, the, the presence and, and the legacy of the Auburn program and, um, you know, pumped to see, see you, you know, you and your staff and your kids take a crack at, uh, you know, just, you know, the daily grind and getting better every day. So look forward to seeing that and man, thanks for hanging out with us. Yep. I appreciate it. We're, we're going to be back. You'll see us. So. Yeah, all right. Right on. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the Social Kick Podcast. Thanks, Waco. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Great. Thank you, guys. Cool. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website,